I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport and coming up on the first of two shows this week. We've got some megastar guests joining us from Download. We're going to be talking about the best pay-per-view that I have watched in absolutely years in New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion. We'll talk about Download Festival, the UK Tournament, Raw. We've got loads of indie stuff to get into as well. It's an absolutely packed edition of the Pro Wrestling Show. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show. Coming up in a short while, not just one, but two absolute mega guests from NXT shows at Download. Johnny Wrestling himself, Johnny Gargano, and his wonderful wife and a fantastic wrestler in her own right, Candice LeRae, sat down with myself and Sam for a good half an hour at Download, and we'll bring you that interview in full coming up in a short while. And with Johnny out in L.A., Producer Sam makes his proper in-studio debut. Hey, buddy! What a debut this is, eh? Oh, uh, yeah. On I mean, the pro wrestling show. I can't, uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, you're a man <laughs> who, when you're excited about something, you really communicate it well. This is very exciting. Well, would you like me to be like more like, like uh, you know, Michael Buffer or, uh, or The Fink? Or yeah, like I mean, there, there should be a conversation about whether or not we should be like taking some roles in this show whether there should be a clear kind of like a heel commentator and a, and a face commentator because something just to slate everything then, yeah, yeah why everything. not yeah absolutely. absolutely hammer everyone and everything <laughs> and not be positive about anything yeah that's what well no not necessarily just really big up the rubbish stuff and uh and put down the good <laughs> stuff i mean that's the job role isn't it but neither time nor space will separate us from our good friend John Jackson. Because live from his hotel room, while he's eating his breakfast loudly in the background, it's John Jackson. Hey, John. All right. Oh, good to know that you were ready to go then. Thanks, mate. I am ready to go. I'm, I'm three quarters of a way through a breakfast burrito, which I've got to say... Is probably the best thing I've put in my mouth this week. Uh, I am a huge fan of a breakfast burrito. We went to a music festival, were there for a solid 10 hours and didn't eat a single thing. Like true. it was, uh, we, we, John, we were with the guys, Alex and Bobby from Give Me Sport. And uh, I'm sure you can imagine that rather than eat something on the festival site, we ended up going to the services. Oh, and McDonald's. It wasn't a Golden Arches. It was actually, to be fair, a bit of the Colonel, but basically... <laughs> Yeah, secret recipe. The idea that they'd have to eat something that was, you know, out of their usual wheelhouse was utterly ridiculous. 
Yeah, give me sport. They they could go to the finest restaurants, the most you know prestigious street food stand. They'll still go for something they can get anywhere in the world. It's it's yeah. Sam it's kind of ridiculous. He's looking around, going, "Look, there's mac and cheese over there. There's kebabs. There's oh, it would have been great, but no, no. It all got stymied by the give me sport guys, and we had to go to KFC instead. Well, next year we'll have to go for the whole weekend because. Not only was it fantastic going and, and seeing that so there were two shows and me and Sam will talk about that coming up. We got to sit down for half an hour with Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. We got to sit down for half an hour with Alistair Black as well. We'll bring you that interview at a, at a later date. We spoke with Flash Morgan Webster. And honestly, we could have got a bunch more stuff as well. Yeah. Plus, it was Sam's first ever time at a music festival. I want to take him somewhere and have him there for the whole weekend in the mud and the sweatiness and really experience what it's truly like. Well, I'm quite middle England, you know, so it's a little bit alien, an alien concept to me going to a music festival. But I really embraced it. I I think next year, black T-shirt, black eye makeup, I'm going to get into the real swing of it. Oh, my God. That sounds absolutely genuinely terrifying. John, what are you doing in Los Angeles? Um, I'm playing computer games and watching soccer. (laughs) <laughs> brilliant that's, that's and eating i went to universal studios yesterday um i'm working i'm working but um i'm also doing a lot of fun stuff as well but i don't want to try and make it sound like you know i'm lording it because i'm not um but i have got a breakfast burrito on room service so have you, have you got a nice hotel room you Bob? do the math he, de- he definitely has. He's definitely got a yeah, hotel I mean, room. I mean, this is all on not, expenses. This I mean, is all being paid it's for. Just, it. It's as nice as <laughs> It's as nice as the Ritz Carlton can be. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Oh, it's outrageous. You're a Absolutely disgrace. Disgraceful. You're an absolute disgrace. A couple of bits of <laughs> uh, couple of bits of us related news, not related to uh, the, the 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 world of wrestling outside of us. But we've got two things we need to mention. Firstly, on our Twitter account at Pro Wrestle Show, we've currently got a competition running for a WrestleMania pack, which includes. One of those chairs you get in the front row. I really want one of those. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm desperate for there to be extra ones left over so that we can make sure that we get one as well. Uh, a WrestleMania 34 t-shirt, a WrestleMania 34 cap, and a special WrestleMania 34 like water cup slash bottle uh, thing. And uh, yeah, if you go onto our thing now, it's already been 300 plus entries. But get involved, get on there, retweet it, give us a follow, and uh, for you get a chance to win uh, a folding chair being the really cool thing, a WrestleMania 2018 folding chair. Pretty, pretty sexy. But don't hit anyone with it. No. Please don't hit anyone with it. Absolutely don't hit anyone with it. And if you choose to, do not film it and do not send it to us. We do not encourage it. <laughs> Please do not try this. We will not retweet that. I guarantee we will not retweet that. John might do it from his personal account, but otherwise we will not retweet that. Um, and the other thing is we spoke about on the show last week, and you might have seen my rather sexy Macho Man Randy Savage t-shirt that I was wearing at, at Download. in the. Po- I thought you were just going to talk about yourself as Macho Man. You have my very sexy Macho Man-ness. <laughs> but actually, no. Yeah, my, <laughs> brother. Uh, but um, yeah, we've um, we've got together with, and we might be doing a t-shirt with them. But the guys at Urban Species, if you go to urbanspecies.co.uk, they're an official WWE licensee, but they do all of their own t-shirt designs, and they've got some absolutely superb stuff on there. And right now, you can go there and get a ten percent discount thanks to the Pro Wrestle Show by using the code Marks Ten. You're spoiling. Marks are real people, people too. <laughs> Marks of people too. Exactly. I've so. got mine on at the moment. Yeah, you guys can't see this. And I mean, like, if you're listening, you also can't see this. So it's fairly irrelevant. But I'm wearing my Chris Jericho one at the moment, which is um, <laughs> the thing I will say about them. Like, this is really boring, but you'll understand if you're like me. If you're um, slightly larger or possibly have a long body, these are, they're very nice and long. Some T-shirts are quite short, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. These ones are really long. They're really good quality. I was, uh, I was really impressed. So, uh, and there, was me thinking, there was me thinking you were just sitting there in your pants, John. 
No, unfortunately, I don't. I don't do uh, distance radio or podcasts like Will does. Just sat there <laughs> scratching his balls. I mean, no. that is a hundred percent how I do any time I do distance radio, as you've just called it. Uh, so yeah, Legit- I'm legitimately sat in my gym gear because I'm planning on going to the gym. However, let's face it, I am going to- not going to the gym after that burrito arrives. So you know, can you take There's a photo an uh, uh, of you in the t-shirt yeah. and we'll tweet it out as part of our promoting that as well? So that'll be out on our Twitter account too. Uh, John's... I'll do it in a minute. So you'll see half Jim Gear, half Chris Jericho t-shirt. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Uh, John has not watched a lot of wrestling this week, so we'll not be talking about Dominion or Download or Johnny Gargano <laughs> or Candice LeRae or any of the exciting stuff. But you did watch Raw last night, right? Yeah. And I watched it at normal time, which is the weirdest thing ever. I'm used to watching it like on headphones in the middle of the night like eating snacks and stuff i sat down at like six o'clock and watched raw which is really strange um i quite liked it have you guys seen it i was pretty i'd like the fact is and and much like a lot of recent raws good opener good opening event good main event two hours of nonsense in the middle Mm. like absolute dross like yeah i mean we can't repeat anymore how much the Bobby Lashley Sami Zayn stuff just isn't working this was this <laughs> was actually the best one that they've done with the whole um with with Sami Zayn attacking Bobby Lashley behind and trying to make him like a mm. a legitimate threat to Lashley but the whole oh, it was just rubbish it was just rubbish again I just so frustrated yeah. with it um it's pretty depressing to see Sami Zayn well both of them sort of wasted like that isn't it yeah, I, uh, was there anything that stood out to you from the middle section of the show? Um, no, not really. I still like Ruby Riot. I think she's quite good. Um, it wasn't a great you know, like match, I, though. It wasn't great, but I like her. Um, I kind of feel like know, coming off watching great I, live wrestling on Friday and watching Dominion over the weekend, then settling yeah. down to Raw, where the real highlight was seeing Baron Corbin had finally cut his crap hair off. Is really how the <laughs> yeah, weekend exactly. kind of felt. I, don't get me wrong. I know SmackDown's going to be good, and I know NXT is going to be excellent, but Raw needs to pull its socks up because it's not good enough. It's not. It's it's gone to pot a bit, isn't it? The, um, the thing that stood out for me was in that main event with uh, obviously the guys that are in the ladder match. Sorry, my aircon's just kicked in. I don't know if you can hear that. No. Um, you know, obviously Kevin Owens took out um, Braun Strowman, which was that bit was all right, and then it was it was Finn Balor and it was Bobby Roode. The most obvious call of a move ever by Bobby Roode. You might have seen this. He's on the turn. He's on the turnbuckle, going to do like a. I don't even. I can't remember what move it was. Was it like some kind of neck breaker thing? I just saw him literally, just like like I would say to you. You right? I just saw him looking down the camera and almost saying it to Finn Balor. It was. Um, it was almost. It was almost worse than every call John Cena does. There was. There was a great moment during Kenny Omega's match, and we won't get into that too much now. But where he threw a DDT on Okada and actually like called the DDT as he was running back, but like I I can't tell whether it was a bit like the Young Bucks do or whether it was just genuinely he was so into the match that he said it way too loudly. <laughs> but he kind of went DDT <laughs> and then threw him to the ground and then brilliantly and the whole commentary on that match as we'll talk about was amazing. But do you think DDT they kind of went like is the same in Japanese? Uh, <laughs> I actually couldn't answer that question. So maybe he didn't understand. My Japanese is incredible. I mean, it's amazing. a long. Fl- it is a long flight to Japan. Maybe uh, he was shouting DVT because uh, he's <laughs> suffering a small bit Blimey. of DVT from both. But they sold it. They were like like Barry Bonds calling his uh, calling his shots before they get thrown in there nice, and nice. like it was a brilliant piece of commentary cover up but it was painful I thought that match was great actually the Bobby Roode Finn Balor Braun Strowman Kevin Owens and, and it should be with the talent in there yeah. 
I still <laughs> am frustrated with Bobby Roode as non-heel Bobby Roode. It just doesn't work it's for too me. Too vanilla, isn't he? It's boring. Uh, he's a bit boring. Mm, too boring. Um, yeah. But I did. There was one moment, and I sent you both the gif of it, where Braun Strowman <laughs> came and did a shoulder tackle on Kevin Owens. That I've I've never seen a shoulder <laughs> tackle wonderful. so well sold in my life. It was incredible. Uh, and the yeah. whole thing. I mean, Braun Strowman gets to look like the absolute monster, but nobody looked weak through it. I just thought really, really good main event, and actually. I like the idea that they've sold Strowman so strongly as the winner of Money mm-hmm. in the Bank and that maybe they'll do the old Money in the Bank, was it 2012 or 2013, where the big show had to get a specially built golden ladder oh, yeah. so he could try and climb it. <laughs> like, maybe they the will do something... One. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe they'll do something really silly like that. But I like the idea that they've sold it really heavily and that they'll end up being a surprise winner. That's the kind of direction that I could easily see it going down. Uh, it's kind of an actual decent piece of storytelling and misdirect from the WWE would be lovely right now. There's been a bit, there's been quite a lot of bait and switch with Braun Strowman though, hasn't there? It, it feels like about time that he had a big win at a big show really, doesn't it? In some ways. I think the only problem is, I guess, well, I guess actually, do you know what? If you put the contract on him, it means you can hold off until after yeah. SummerSlam to actually give him the title and legitimately, because he's got that, he is a threat. But the he doesn't is, need to win it cheaply, though, does he? That's the thing with him. He doesn't need to come in and interfere after after an epic twenty five minute match. Yeah, He's I quite like. like a... Yeah, I quite like the idea that he will come in. In fact, that would be amazing. Come in at SummerSlam on this apparently proposed Lesnar Reigns main event. Fantasy. Oh, I've got to stop fantasy, fantasy booking. booking. That'd be great. But before the match has even started, like not do this whole come in midway through the match and and like just after a finish has been done and come in and sneak it. Just walk out at the beginning and go triple threat now, guys. Yeah, I love that. That'd be great. Or he just comes out and just takes someone out. What are they about? And literally, like, wait. I guess it would have to be the cha- it would have to be the challenger. Yeah. Um, I, know, I suppose. Yeah. No, no. I suppose if they made it a triple threat and then he just absolutely floored. One of them would be quite cool, but that's never going to happen, I suppose, because it would be a very long match. Maybe he could absolutely kill Lesnar backstage, carry him to the ring, demand a match, him. but then fight Roman Reigns instead. Like Something maybe, like that. Maybe. Like, something just to, to mix it up and, and, and change things up. Mm. I also liked yeah. the, the women's four-way at the beginning as well. And um, there were two moments in this that I wanted to highlight. One of them was the... Sasha Banks did the moonsault to the outside where, I don't know if you saw it, but Natalia, being the consummate professional she is, saw that she completely undersold the moonsault and, like, dived herself underneath it to essentially save Sasha Banks' life. But then Ember Moon suicide dives through the ropes and it's the most like brutal suicide dive into <laughs> like i sometimes think that move looks a little bit weak yeah it does it it's, can do it's just someone catching somebody else and then they stumble back into it yeah if you've seen it and in fact i happen to have a gif of it right now the brutality with which uh, with which sasha banks hits oh. the wall there exactly she really hits a hits hard on the security barricade um, and there are two or three other moments in this match. There's another where Sasha Banks goes for a superplex off the top rope um, and uh, Ember Moon manages to flip out of it and then transition it into a, into a suplex of her own on the mat. I, those two, from just the little bits of work we've seen between them, I'd really like to see run a proper programme. I don't know what the story or the sell is, but 
I think they'd be they could put on some excellent matches. I agree. I think we talked for some time about one of the strengths of Raw being the women's division. I mm. think it's I think it's kind of it's the thing that draws you in now, isn't it? As opposed to some of the other angles that are happening. I think the women are, gen- are consistently putting in really really good work, and I think there are some really really good workers on on there. And I think any any one of those four in a program together, you'd happily watch them on pay per view or any big show, wouldn't you? Are, you? are people still loving the B team as much as I am? No. Well, I was going to say, other than the other the women, uh, women, the tag teams need sorting out. The B team are all right; they're yeah. entertaining enough. But when they're the most entertaining people on the show, on in the tag team division at least, surely that's a problem. I think McIntyre and uh, and Ziggler will end up rising to the top. They will end up being the. You think so? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. After after Money in the Bank, they will be the proper challengers, and there will be a kind of long term. And, and eventually, I think you put the titles on them because. Mm. They did such a bad job with Drew McIntyre last time round, but actually, uh, he'll even admit it himself. He did a bad job himself of of that whole run, and he's come back and he looks great. And his NXT run was fantastic. And I just think I would hate him to then go up to the main roster and end up getting wasted again. He's got a bit of momentum. Let's at least get the tag titles on him, and also it helps Ziggler out because for someone who the crowd love is a brilliant worker, does lost everything really well. Mm. He gets horribly lost in the shuffle. Mm, massively so. You're right about Drew McIntyre. It's about time that he had um, a sort of serious backing behind him. I don't know whether the tag titles quite has that the same clout that it used to, but at the same time, it's better to have him in a, in a programme doing something than just sort of drifting away a bit like Dolph Ziggler has. Indeed. Johnny. Yes, mate. Sorry. What's, my, what's my, happened? My aircon is literally deafening. No, me. no, it, we can't hear it's it on just... the mic. Have you gone under a duvet or something? Because <laughs> you suddenly sound no, like you're talking to us from like be... a cave or something. <laughs> yeah, that's the feature of the Rick Carlton. They've got a cave in every room. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just when you want to go and chill out. This sounds no, like a... um, what is it? Can you hear me now or are we still in the cave? Sounds a little <laughs> bit like a 97DX video package right now. You're kind of like really kind of, you I'm know, wondering... trying to come out over in sort of nudie angle. I'm wondering if I've got a bit of... I wonder if I've got any potato gratin or whatever it's called on the mic, but I haven't. Um, <laughs> no, I've not, I've not moved. I've literally sat in a chair. Right, go and keep living your best I life at E3. We're gonna do, there's going to be a show late this week. I teased the fact there's two shows. So coming up on this show, we've still got Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae and still quite a lot of other stuff to talk about. We're going to do a second show this week. First time ever. Ooh, Don't get too excited. I'm not going to make it a regular thing. Uh, we're going to review SmackDown and NXT. We'll do an NXT Chicago preview and hear a bit of the Alistair Black interview. A Money in the Bank preview. A UK tournament preview. We'll talk a bit about Johnny Saint, the new UK GM, because we've got some great stuff from people. And we're going to have Triple H as well. Oh, is that it? Yeah, just, you know, just Paul Levesque himself. Wonderful. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I'm trying to remember some of his other previous names. but uh, So are you going to be able to join us for that, John? And are you going to watch SmackDown and NXT? I am going to endeavour to watch them both, yes. Brilliant. Well, then we can talk I to can you. I can watch NXT because I can watch that on the WWE Network. It's just SmackDown's a tricky one because you have to try and catch it on the telly. And obviously here, with it being on at a time where other stuff happens in the evening, it's a bit trickier. So what I like about being in the UK because we can watch it at one in the morning when nothing else is going on. Uh, John, we will catch up with you later in the week and do it proper then, then. All right. Enjoy talking about all the amazing things you've seen this week no, while it, I've been doing you, that. You're falling apart. You're gone. You're out of my life. See you later, John. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to stop it there. John, are you still... John Jackson has departed. I was about to say this mortal coil. That's definitely not happened. Um, <laughs> he has shuffled off into the night. He'll be back in the UK by the time we do the show on Friday to preview all the weekend's wrestling. Oh, and by the way, there's some great weekend's wrestling from a UK perspective because we've got 
all these other phenomenal shows going on mm. this weekend that we're going to be talking about later in the week. The the Chicago and Money in the Bank and the UK tournament and everything else. But uh, Wednesday night, Progress have got the first stage of their World Cup show uh, in London. Thursday, we are Anarchy Pro in Camden, where after we talk maybe a bit more about Chat 71 of Progress at a later time, but they had uh, not only did they have after Nixon Newell got injured at uh, Download. They got Dakota Kai wrestling mm. in progress for the title. But they also had an amazing looking death match between Spike Trevay and Jimmy Havoc. Well, part two of that is on <clears throat> Thursday night in Camden. At we are Anarchy Pro. Uh, Attack Wrestling have got shows in Cheltenham on Friday and in Saturday at Cardiff. And there's the big Defiant show built to destroy on Sunday in Newcastle as well. The one that me and John were looking for somebody's house to stay over in uh, <laughs> and go up to uh, and then realise that it's the UK tournament. And that might not all work so uh yeah it's an amazing weekend of uk indie wrestling so go out there and find yourself a show to get to and check it out because there's loads and loads on be interesting for people to to let us know what they thought as well wouldn't it if, if they if they went to a show and i always want to hear and, from people who go to a show and see what they you know because it, it's such a it's such a big burgeoning scene now at uk wrestling there's always been a big uk wrestling scene but i feel like now it's not only got bigger it's also got more credibility so think, legitimate on the world. yeah on the on the on the international stage of wrestling and i think that it used to be uh, and I mean this with no um, uh, disrespect at all to the UK wrestling scene, but it used to be treated as a little bit of a, of a sideshow, a little bit of a joke. And I think now that it's really, really upped its game in terms of credibility. So if anyone's been to any of these shows, we'd love to hear about them. Obviously, particularly the ones that we can't get to up in Newcastle and, and Cheltenham and all those places. Joe, uh, uh, Joe, <laughs> who's Joe? I don't know. Uh, John is always amazing at stuff like that, and I am terrible at it. So at Pro Wrestle Show, if you're going to a show this week, if you've been to a show, let us know. You know maybe we'll start getting people on from mm. some of the regions, doing a few reviews on the show as well uh talking of the burgeoning uk scene download this past weekend nxt download now we only got to go on the friday we saw four rounds of the uk tournament we also got alistair black lars sullivan during the first show Mm. we got gargano champa in the second show we got an amazing tag match between uh, two-thirds of british strong style and two-thirds of the undisputed era like it was two phenomenal shows but what really stood out to me as i've been to download the previous two years for NXT shows is that the crowd is much more wrestling literate now, a lot more wrestling t-shirts, a lot bigger crowd. They've like the, we went to the first show and last year at the first show, you could still walk in 10, 15 minutes in and find a chair. This year they had to actually close the gates to stop the crowd from filling up the tent because so many people had got there for that early show. Yeah. I think, I think WWE have really judged this incredibly well in terms of knowing their market, because usually if you go to a, a casually um, staged wrestling event, and I mean staged in the, in the sense of putting it on, um, you would hear one or two negative comments about, oh, what is this rubbish? You know, what's this, what's this tripe that was in front of me? I didn't hear a single negative comment about NXT. And I'm talking people who are just casually walking by and watching it, people who are standing around watching it. And like you say, Will, I mean, it was in, uh, as Gorilla Monsoon might say, packed to the rafters in terms, <laughs> if there were rafters, it would have been packed to them. That's for sure. Because the uh, the NXT tent was absolutely full to the brim with people who were sort of really interested in and keen to see what was going on. And, and the wrestling really delivered, to be fair. It was great, really gritty, really um, good high standard. And I think it was it was a real mutual feeling between the fans and the wrestlers. It's interesting because you do have the the matches. There are guys like we had Ashton Smith, Joseph Connors. We had Travis Bank, Liguero as the first two UK tournament uh, first round matches in our first session. And both of those had some real high flying elements. But what was interesting is, and we talked with Johnny Gargano about this in a short while, but after our conversation with Bret Hart last week, what NXT are, do- NXT are doing so well is 
selling storytelling like those are the elements of it that make really make it and okay i was gutted that we weren't there saturday sunday when mm. ricochet was there and velveteen dream but do you know what? when you want to talk about the depth that the uk adds to that nxt roster previous years every single superstar would have to appear every single day they couldn't possibly not do that otherwise they'd kind of run out of talent this time they could have like champa come out during the first session issue an open challenge, you kind of know it's going to be Johnny Gargano, or I speculated it might be Pete Dunne as well, uh, and then follow that through on the evening session and actually have that kind of through line there. But have, like, Velveteen Dream did a... Um, did it to camera piece from backstage that they played out during the second section to tease that he was going to be yeah. in action the following day. And like, there was loads of stuff like that that was just brilliant. And they also then used, I saw on social media on Saturday and Sunday, a lot of the UK talent who either went out of the tournament early on or had already won through to the next round, they got used in other matches, got to go up against NXT talent, got to show what they could do. Some of the women were involved. So like we mentioned, Nixon Newell got involved in, in the six-woman tag match. Like, it really, really delivered. And like I said, we, we saw four matches. We saw Travis Bank beat Liguero. So Ashton Smith beat Joseph Connors, which I thought yeah. was the big shock of the first round. Yeah. Uh, Zach Gibson over Amir Jordan. A little bit good they didn't give Zach Gibson the mic. Mm-hmm. You're a big fan of his promo work. Oh, you? if you've heard him uh, delivering his Liverpool's number one spiel, like I hope that at Royal Albert Hall we get him to we get yeah. him on the mic live. Like I know they'll do backstage stuff and they're streaming it the following week, but it'd be amazing to get it live. Uh, we had Flash Morgan Webster over James Drake, and we spoke with Flash uh, after the show as well. But then on uh, Saturday you had Dave Mastiff through, Joe Coffey went through, Jordan Devlin went through, which is great. And yeah, the only match left is NXT on Wednesday night. Jack Gallagher against Drew Gulak. As, yeah. you, as I'm sure anyone who's listening to this show will know, that's been taped already. So if you want to know what the result is, you can go and find out online. But don't spoil it for yourself. Watch it on NXT on Wednesday night. I think they've built this tournament up really well. I think bringing Johnny Saint in as the head of the of the UK division is it gives the division some real credence. And I feel like uh, it's really starting to flourish now and show off uh, again further accentuate what we were talking about before. The, all the uh, massive array of UK talent there is over here now. Is there anything you want to talk about with download, with the the chats we had, with any of the like, anything else you want to mention? Well, I have to say, I think that um, they they're all really grounded. The people we spoke to, I mean, Alistair Black is um, an interesting character, as you'll hear in a future show, um, but very much, uh, how would you put it? They're kind of very down to earth about their the realistic the the realism, the possibility. They don't have any airs and graces about them. They're not afraid to talk just normally, candidly to you about all sides of their their offstage and onstage personalities. I, I was really impressed with um, what they've done in NXT in terms of they've obviously, and I say they as in really Triple H and William Regal, what they, they've obviously shown their skills in terms of what they're looking for out of a wrestling product. But they've also encouraged the talent to just be really humble and not try and get above themselves. And, and you can really see that in the work rate. They're very keen to learn. They're very keen to impress and improve. And I think a lot of them obviously want to move up to the main roster. But I think they're also appreciating the amount of scope they have at the moment to just put on really, really top matches every week, which is something they probably wouldn't get if they moved up to the main roster as well. It's interesting. We had the CM Punk trial this week uh, come to its conclusion. And we had the... The, the testimonies came out and bless them, what culture pro wrestling bothered to read the whole thing and bring us some of the highlights. There's a great video on their YouTube channel of them doing exactly that. Um, but what was fascinating is hearing CM Punk talking about actually how much of a surprising amount of freedom they're given in the ring in, in WWE 
when you're the top guys. I think NXT have it even more so, but mm. essentially you're given a finish and a time and actually you're allowed to work your own matches out, which it's the promo side of things I think is the problem. I agree uh, On the main roster. I think there was, there was um, that dreadful tag team event on Raw a couple of weeks ago where they came out and they did the, the not 4th of July, um, what was it? Uh, Memorial Veterans Day. Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Memorial Day, the, the barbecue angle. And a script got leaked online. And it's essentially word for word and moment for moment what happened in that section. And I appreciate the writers have a job to do, but it's funny that everyone wants to have a go at the writers for what happens in the ring. That is the wrestler's responsibility. Yeah. But when it comes to the promo side of things, you get the impression someone like Samoa Joe or Daniel Bryan or one of those kind of trusted older heads can do their own thing. And guess what? They're nailing it because of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important that as part of the wrestler's character that they're able to build their own way in terms of what they think they would deliver on the mic. And, I mean, it gets it gets sort of uh, a criticism of, of old time. what you might call old-timers is that people say, well... Then they've lost touch with the wrestling business. They don't know how it really works. But one of the things that people are always banging on about, and I'm talking about people like Jim Cornette, is you've got to give people a chance to be themselves on the mic because otherwise you can't, you cannot get the character empathy. Chris Jericho's talked about this a lot as well. You need to be able to develop your own style on the mic to be able to get the empathy of your character so that you can tell the stories in the ring. You can't be told what to say and then expect to deliver a match and have them go hand in hand. You've really got to be able to do both. And that's where WWE, I think, need to show. And I don't know whether they will now because like you say, well, they've got so many writers that need to fulfill their obligations and and meet uh, critical and crucial and very tight timings but it is something that they they could really do with loosening up a little bit and give the the talent a bit more time to shine on the microphone but you want a a prime example of that is a man we've already mentioned on the show drew mcintyre and Stu bennett did an interview this week uh aka wade barrett um i think was he on jericho this week he was on jericho's show and he talked about drew mcintyre when he left the wwe one thing he really focused on and one thing he did a lot of indie work and one th- and he did um, impact and he did uh, yeah all this other stuff and what he made a really big point of and it was apparently written into his contract every single show I do I have to have a promo not just a match there has to be a promo as well and he went away and he worked on his mic skills and it was never his strong suit mm-hmm. now he cuts a great promo because mm. he's learned and you, the way you learn in front of those smaller audiences in the same way as if you're at full sale and you've got what's quite a marquee audience what's quite a smarky audience what kind of like mm-hmm. actually going out there and delivering in front of them is more difficult than it is to maybe go out into an arena where it's a family crowd, where it's a you know a Raw or SmackDown crowd. Not to put anyone down, it goes to those shows. We go to those shows, yeah. but that's not where you learn. You learn coming through the indies, coming through NXT and stuff like that. So giving them the bit of freedom, I think, would be a massive difference. Right, we, we, we've gone nearly half an hour, and I've not talked about Dominion, and it's right. killing me. Come on, then. It's absolutely killing me. Um, this is genuinely one of the best, and, and I'm talking, and I'm going to put it out there. This is WrestleMania 17 level is how much I enjoyed this show. Wow, that's quite something. This is, and more so than Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. And running through just some of the earlier matches, and there's some interesting stuff in there, um, particularly Jay White uh, getting over um, uh, with Yoshihashi against Juice Robinson and Dave Finney. They kept the Jay White juice angle going, and I thought he looked... When he got the win over Okada back about, I think back in February, it might have been during, was it, that's not G1, that's later in the year. Anyway, when he got that win over, um, that win over Kenny Omega, even he 
had a real bit of momentum then and then they just kind of lost it with him and actually this is setting up something nice for him so I really liked that I thought Zack Sabre and Minoru Suzuki uh, put on a really good match and, and Sabre nice and physical which is difficult when you're a slender guy mm-hmm. uh, we had the tag team title match the Young Bucks so this is like this point of the show onwards those last five matches like if you're going to go back and spend your 999 yen watch the whole thing but specifically from this point onwards. Started with the Young Bucks give against... Give yourself some time. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you say give yourself some time. I remembered that I said to you it was about six hours, but I remembered that there's like an hour of pre-show stuff. And then at the end, after the final match, there's like half an hour where actually yeah. you get the press conferences, and you get some in-ring promo stuff, and you get like... There was loads of other kind of bit on the back. So the actual wrestling, you can watch these main matches in like three, three and a half hours, yeah. um, which is the key thing you want to be doing. Uh, the Young Bucks go over against LIJ and Evil and Sonada to win the tag team titles. The IWGP uh, tag team titles already hold the Neverweight title uh, tag titles. It was a great match. And what I liked about this was that they went about 15 minutes. And actually, they've built up this idea of the Young Bucks moving up to the heavyweight division as being something that's going to be a real struggle for them. And actually, Evil and Sonada really took it to them and there was a really interesting element of something you don't see from the Young Bucks regularly as these high-flying, funny... Mm-hmm. Where they had to be pretty defensive, where they had to work on the back foot, where they had to... Fight uphill, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we got some really exciting near falls and we got some some great work from that. Really good execution, really good layout and, and a really, really great home stretch. The Bucks are, we've already talked about them being like the best tag team in the world. And I think this really, really proved it. However, I think my concern here was even though they, 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 so they win, they get the, um, uh, they get the more bang for your buck on Sonada, which is, I think it's important it was on Sonada as well because they teased Evil against Jericho later in the show. Um, they get the win, they get the titles. First ever two time, two division tag titles. That's all great. But what would have been really great, and it's like a four, four and a half star match, is if you have all of that, have them get some real hope spots but still lose, and then build towards them winning at G1, build towards them winning at Wrestle Kingdom, you could turn them from already the hottest property in independent wrestling to just elevating them to that kind of Kenny Omega level, but on a tag basis. Maybe they can do that by holding the titles, but it just felt like you didn't... With everything else that was happening tonight, and with all the with all the Westerners winning titles, because mm. I thought it was interesting that it was a bunch of white guys that came away with the titles, is that they just didn't necessarily need it. So it's a brilliant match, but storytelling, not a hundred percent on it. Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether there's something in that about just being keen to present them as serious challenges in mm. the in the Japanese market. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been around a long time, but whether or not they feel like putting the titles on them just gives them that added element of credibility that perhaps a few months without the titles they might they might not be able to quite get over. But I understand where you're coming from and perhaps that's something they should have done and just held off on it. Maybe they'll they'll lose them again soon and have to and have to fight back uphill again. It'll be interesting to see what happens next, I suppose, with the young bucks. Uh there's um they also because obviously first September all in great moment at the end where Matt Jackson hired Don Callis post-match live on mic to be uh they were like we're feeling in such a good mood about winning don what are you doing on first of september <laughs> and don Callis really sold it beautifully he went am i am i all in <laughs> it was it was beautiful it was fantastic so they got him and 
I, I, well, I want to talk more about Don Callis when we get to the main event. So you then had uh, Bullet Club, the, the kind of remaining members who weren't elsewhere. So Marty Skrull, Cody, Hangman Page, going over the legends set. So Juicin Liger, Hiroshi Tanahashi and, and Rey Mysterio. I loved Rey Mysterio making his uh, New Japan debut, actually. Loved his get up, the, the red and everything. And there were some really good spots in that match. Um, was it really his debut? Yeah, New Japan. New, right. Yeah, his New Japan debut. Wow, yeah, crazy, he's, he's, he's fought in so Japan long. before, but but never for New Japan. And and Ray got the six one nine, and we got a bunch of dives to the floor. Liger got the top rope Rana on Cody. All of that was great, but Cody hits the crossroads. We get the win for Bullet Club. That's more important for like the heat for the yeah those guys coming through, and and for those making sure that they're still seen as a real threat. Because I think there's going to be a really interesting. Something really interesting is going to happen with the Bullet Club after this event, which, again, we'll kind of talk about at the top. Cody's done very well, hasn't he? Uh, Cody, uh, uh, like, unbelievably. We've talked about on the show before. He's the one person I'm kind of desperate to get on, and hopefully maybe yeah. around the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view, we're going to get half an hour with him on the phone. There's a conversation that's been had. It's going in that direction, maybe. Um, Will Ospreay then takes on Takahashi. This is... Uh, Takahashi has just won the... Uh, Hiromu Takahashi has just won the, um, the, the junior heavyweights tournament uh the finale of that we didn't talk about on last week's show because i hadn't watched it yet is one of those brutal matches i think <laughs> i've ever seen in my life he takes a he takes a, a bump down the stairs out they get out into the crowd he takes a bump down concrete stairs which is as horrifying looking as it, oh. i've ever seen and could have really genuinely hurt him but he came off that absolute war and went into this match with osprey and what was funny about it is Osprey very early on hit this amazing flip off the, the ramp. They fought to the outside and he did this amazing flip off the ramp and took him out. And they fought at this incredible speed at the beginning. But what was great and something I've not seen so much from Osprey, which really impressed me. And, you know, go, Takahashi goes on to get the win. But Osprey had this neck injury that he was still carrying from when he beat Marty Skrull back earlier in the year. When we saw him in New Orleans, he was all taped up and actually had been told he shouldn't compete that weekend and still did. But in like, he changed the tag matches. Mm -hmm. He did like, he lets other people do the spots. He kind of tried to wrestle smartly. They had him completely taped up and they really sold the injury. And actually after a really fast start, they slowed the match right down. And it's funny seeing a light heavyweight match that's actually run more like a, and we still got the high spots toward the end, towards the end, and we still got the Stormbreaker into the triangle, which, you know, I know you haven't had a chance to watch this yet, but as a man who likes the more MMA elements mm. and the more strong style elements, there's some great stuff in this match, some amazing... Um, uh, there's, a, there's a moment that uh, Osprey goes for the Stormbreaker, which is a great finisher anyway. Uh, Takashi fights out, hits a destroyer, which he rolls into a triangle choke. Oh, that is just tremendous. The smoothest looking thing, absolutely perfect, Hashtag but also work, right? really slowed it down. It like Will Osprey had to really fight to the rope. So even though he lost the title, he was put across really strong. And yeah, you can get away with that when you've got a legitimate injury angle. You know what I mean? Like when you're nursing an injury, or seemingly even if it's a kayfabe injury. If you're if you're the one nursing it and you and you lose heroically, you'll still stay over because people know that you're working an injury angle, so it makes a lot of sense. It's just logic, isn't it? it, it it's a he's now a two time champion, Hiromu, and he's back on top. And I think there's we saw the very beginning of the match, beginning of the night match we've not talked about Desperado um, and uh, Kenimaru winning, uh, continuing the ju- the junior tag champions continuing their reign. 
I think they both make real sense as potential challengers. Don't know where Osprey goes from here. Mm. He's got some big matches planned over here in the UK and he's got some uh, other kind of indie stuff planned. But I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of the direction he goes in. But the work, the work on the injury, the, like everything about this was was superb. Loved it. It's it, right down to the time bomb on the neck at the end. Just, just beautiful stuff. Worth catching. Have you watched, you, you kind of watched a bit of the Jericho Naito match? Yeah, yeah, very impressed I was with Jericho. He really understands that Japanese audience incredibly well, and he worked that match really, really well, I thought. He, um, there, there was a table spot in his match with um, Omega, which didn't come off brilliantly, where he was kind of pushed off, and there was a very obvious like look back to the table and fall backwards into it. And the Japanese tables can be a real problem, because mm. they are not as quick to break. Pretty solid, yeah. Um the fact that Naito comes out and Naito right now is the most over guy in all of Japan, Japanese wrestling and is absolutely huge. And to have Jericho come out, be so clearly the heel, like, oh, I didn't mention this in the Osprey match, by the way. Tell me about New Japan is they swear in English. And, oh, yes. I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, and at one point, uh, Osprey during a, uh, during a kind of comeback set of moves, Literally has it Takashi in the corner and says, F you, you little C, and then slaps him out of the corner and then goes to remove off the second rope. That's just like, honestly, caught me aback a little bit. I was like, whoa! Like, I bet they love that freedom to be able to do that, don't they? Yeah, it was amazing. Jericho coming out, attacking Naito from behind, putting him through the table with the powerbomb, DDTing him on the table right at the beginning, just completely and utterly brutalising him, not letting the match start for the first 10 minutes. Then to have Naito fight back, I think worked all really well. Again, what's great about it is it was violent as anything, but a complete tonal shift from everything else we'd seen in the show, which was what Jericho and Omega did uh, before, and that's what I think you need to do with Jericho because he's not going to be throwing himself out he's not going to be running hour and four minute long matches he's not going to be so they had to find a way to make it work and yeah. i think they made it work i agree thing. with you jericho also is debuting a sort of interesting new gothic look isn't he as well he's got this interesting <laughs> sort of crow-like face paint and and lipstick and looks like he'd fit in quite well at download actually uh there was some yeah i love that <laughs> there was some um some people who weren't a big fan of the finish going for the ref bump low blow I think it worked after the Naito fight. It worked really well for the character. It maybe took half a star off the match. Yeah. We needed a cheap roll-up. That's what we needed to add a half a star. a small package to get the half star back <laughs> that was lost from the ref bump. I think cheap heat's never a bad thing when it's somebody... Because, you know, it's one of those... It's that classic thing, isn't it, about, you know, if you're a, a, a foreigner or someone who's not from, the, from the, the land that you're wrestling in, you're inevitably going to be easily hated. So I think Jericho getting a bit of cheap heat is not necessarily a bad thing. And there was, you know, nothing. Did you see the other thing was Naito getting the cut under the eye early on and the blood yeah. like flowing into his eye and him going, oh, that was... It looked quite powerful, It, it? it looked amazing. Mm. But um, he then hit him with the belt at the end. Evil. <laughs> really cheap. So yeah, cheap. really cheap. So, so cheap. So, so basic. <laughs> <laughs> proper cheap heel heat. And I loved it. Um, and then, it was different to everybody else, everything else on the show, though, like you say, which is what made it interesting. But there was a great moment of subtlety from Jericho afterwards. So Evil, also from Los Ignoles uh, de Japon, came out, made the save. They set up the idea that we might get Evil against Jericho for the Intercontinental title. And then after he comes out and makes the save and Jericho powders to the outside and, and just runs away with the title, 
he goes and shouts into the microphones of the English commentator, Don Callis, going like, screw you, Naito, yeah. screw you, Naito. And then he just turns to Evil and goes, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and it was such a little subtle moment of just great. Tremendous. Heel heat. I just Brilliant absolutely loved it. Um, he is, yeah, I will gush if I talk about Jericho much longer. I feel like we could do an hour on this hour and four minute match that ended oh. things off between Okada and Omega. And if I go through it and I talk about every single spot that I absolutely love. Oh, it'll be here forever. It would go on forever and ever and ever. I kind of think you've got to go and watch this because, so these guys have run this program. That's If you've not a New Japan fan, they've run through, this is Okada Omega 4. You had Okada winning the first match in about 45 minutes, but was a brilliant uh, match. Was that the Dome the first time round? Um, then they faced off at this event at Dominion last year and it went to the time limit and it was mm. a 60 minute time limit and Okada hit the Rainmaker at like 59 seconds, 55, covered, got one, two, ding, ding, ding time limit. And it was so well put together and such a great kind of bad finish, as it were. Mm-hmm. And then weirdly, they gave away the the the... Omega win back match what would have been the rubber match at G1 they got drawn in the same group and everyone's going what are you doing because G1 matches have a half an hour time limit on them as well so like, well, you've had these guys go through these two just absolutely kill each other on two yeah. occasions and then suddenly you've got this and what they did is they went out there and worked a completely different style of match it was fast paced it was maybe a little bit reckless at times <laughs> from an Omega perspective but it got them to the one apiece and then they set up for this and I think what I really liked is that the first fall came from um, Okada with Omega trying to hit the one-winged angel, him reversing it and just reversing it into a into a pin and picking it up. And they had the two guys. Uh, they had the two guys in the corner. They had. Uh, I don't know if you kind of noticed this when you were watching it, but alongside Okada and Omega, they had. Um, uh, Ibushi in there for uh, for Omega, who uh, the kind of setup has been going into this match that. Ibushi will be that when Bullet Club turned their back on Omega, he was the guy who turned around and kind of saved him. Right, the guy right. who came around and and he's been working out with him and getting his cardio up with him, and that's how he can run a hour and four minute match and yada yada yada. And that's kind of really well sold. And he was brilliant doing his role in the corner uh, alongside him, and then um, and then uh, opposite him uh, in the uh, opposite corner uh, for Akada, it was Gado. Uh, out with him and was doing Gato was speaking in English which was a bit weird and shouting his instructions that almost felt like it was for right we've got the interest of the international crowd let's have him he sounded a bit like Jericho out there shouting (laughs) it was a very odd like kind of Winnipegian accent Um, I just I'm going to go on about this for absolute hours if I do and I'm going to if I go through it spot by spot but I love that they did that I love the one winged angel then killed it but just to talk about the last fall I love that we had some moments of just like there was a point of a one-winged angel nearly happened in the corner and he and um, Omega collapsed from exhaustion. Akada at one point hits a rainmaker that he puts so little power on that Omega just stands there and takes it and doesn't even go down. And this is a move that other than the one-winged angel they've protected more than any other move in wrestling. Nobody taps out from the nobody kicks out from the rainmaker and he can't even make him go to the ground mm. with it. And so they just told this magnificent, ridiculous, well-paced story. Lots of changes of pace as well, wasn't there, throughout? Hugely. Loads. Yeah, loads. They really slowed it down to start with. Then it quickened it up quite quickly, about four to ten minutes in, and then it slowed down again. Really built really well. And I have to say, there has to be particularly high praise go to Don Callis and uh, 
and Kelly as well because the commentary and the overall presentation was amazing. Like, if you hear the final call on the Wong Wee Angel to get the win for Omega... Don Callis literally is like, he's going to hook him. He's going to, and even when he's got the one, two, three, he's still shouting, he's hooked him, he's got it. Like he's just completely lost his mind, cannot get over it. And it just, everything added to it. This was honestly professional wrestling from two guys. This, the only other match that's compared to it this year has been for me, um, a Gargano Champa. Mm. It's the only other mm. one that from a psychology perspective has just got it. And it went on for 64 and a half minutes. Yeah, crazy. And it felt like it was about 20 minutes. I just two out of three falls, absolute classic, a real classic. I think one of the, uh, it's the series that Dave Meltzer has been given six stars, six stars, six and a quarter. Yeah, stars. he hasn't he hasn't done his stars. Sure he, he hasn't done his stars for this one yet, but he spoke about it online as being maybe the greatest match he's ever watched. Wow, it, that was his initial reaction. It's right, it's in those sort of things. And Okada, you go over. He first won. This. Oh, that was the other spot I wanted to talk about just very quickly. Hitting the Styles Clash at the very event where Akada picked up the title from AJ Styles three years earlier to go on this phenomenal run. Very it was it was all those Very little clever. moments like that that were just just great great payoffs. There was uh, Omega hitting his ribs very early on from that ridiculous spot where he uh, flew over the ropes and landed right yeah, on the, yeah. the rib cage, and like you could see it bruising up as the match went mm. on. Like just every, they worked the injuries brilliantly. They just. Honestly, you could get those two in a room and break this match down and it would go on for four or five hours talking through the different points from it. But just go and watch it and just realise how amazing it is. And, and Okada has had the, one of the best title runs we've ever seen in any promotion. And now Kenny Omega goes on and faces Cody Rhodes in San Francisco. Isn't that something? So this is what I think is quite interesting about it. So they've set four matches for G, the G1 special in San Francisco. Um, they've got Okada and Will Ospreay going up against LIJ, which is Naito and, and Bushi, particularly. The LIJ guys, Evil and Sonada, going up against the Young Bucks in a rematch. Uh, Jay White facing Juice Robinson for the United States Heavyweight Championship. So as I said, they'd set up that really mm. nicely with the tag match. And then Cody Rhodes, Omega. And this is what was really interesting, I thought, off the end of it. So you've got Ibushi out there for the whole match. Then the Young Bucks come out and celebrate with Omega, despite the fact that when you had the Bullet Club turn on Omega to set up this whole storyline, they never turned on him. They never hit him. But he went to like shake their hands and, and Matt Jackson like rolled out of the ring and didn't shake his hand. I think we might be seeing the beginning of having two bullet clubs, having mm. Omega, the Young Bucks and Ibushi against Cody, Hangman Page, Marty Skrull and running that as a like a program between them that could go for the next year, year and a yeah. half. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, I just I don't know how like you have the Omega club. club against. I don't know how yeah. you do it. Yeah. And the bullet club has had more heel turns and fracturing and you know whether it was AJ turning on Finn whether it was Omega turning on AJ whether it's all that other stuff that's happened in the past they just kind of having just the Bucks come out having him as they went to hand the title to Omega he literally palms the title away and goes and hugs the young Bucks instead because being reunited with his friends was more important than this thing he spent a decade trying to get his hands on just all of that was I just just I'm done I'm spent I can't, can't even... That's it. 
That's it's the it's the highlight of your wrestling your wrestling year. I might be done. I, I I was at Mania this year and I might peaked. be done. <laughs> I, I might have peaked this morning rewatching it. I think one thing it does uh, affirm, which is one thing I'd quite like to mention, is that it, it seems like wrestling at the moment is gone is is sort of going back somewhat to to where it used to be. It's very cyclical, obviously, and it reached a point a few a few years ago where the entertainment aspect was sort of very dominant, and I feel like. The, the the traditions of wrestling have really come back now, and it's and the favoured wrestling style. New Japan's been has been big for a long time. Don't get me wrong. The growth of NXT, the growth of the UK scene. I feel like wrestling is booming for the actual in ring product again now, rather than the outside entertainment stuff. And I feel like that's where WWE is a little bit one step behind where it comes to the main product that they're putting out they've still got great workers in the form of people like seth rollins and aj styles nakamura don't get me wrong but seth seth rollins is absolutely one of the killing world's best, at the moment no question absolutely about it. killing it at the moment but i think i'm excited about him against elias we'll talk about that later in absolutely the week, obviously, but... absolutely but i do think that 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 we are seeing a, a sea change again back towards the more traditional style of wrestling that seems to be where people really want to be that seems to be where it's really popular again and that's i think why nxt and new japan get such rave reviews is because that's what people want to see really isn't it they want to see the the the, the psych, psychology and the and the storytelling of, of a really solid in-ring product again right two guys who are doing that to an absolutely beautiful level in nxt and showed that off for us at download this weekend are johnny gargano and tomaso champa apparently on the by the way on the saturday uh, uh, the guys from progress were telling us the match of the weekend was apparently on Saturday. Champa faced Pete Dunne for the UK Championship oh, and they just good. said it was unbelievable. Wow. So that's, that's that. again, Should phenomenal quality. Phenomenal quality. Uh, but uh, um, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champa, but not just that. Candice LeRae, and we saw her in singles action and she has the real potential alongside Dakota Kai to be the next great babyface in women's wrestling in the WWE certainly of the NXT division it's almost a, it's almost a concern those two are coming through together because they're both so good at what they're doing but Candice LeRae has been doing it for absolute years Johnny Gargano is an absolute legend across the indie scene and now into NXT and we got to sit down with both of them yeah absolutely and um, Candice LeRae was very impressed with to be honest I think she had a great match against um against Bianca Belair. Um, Bianca Belair, very much a sort of strong style, very sort of powerful wrestler. Had um, She likes to sort of press slam her opponents, that sort of thing. <laughs> she raised um, Candice above her head and, and was sort of overpowering her. But Candice very much reminds me a little bit of, of, her, of her other half, Johnny Gargano, in some ways. She's a very, very much a baby face. She's very much good at that sort of fighting uphill style. She's got great, great uh, ring work, ring ethic, and an interesting moveset as well, which I quite, was quite impressed with. She's got some some good submission moves. She's a bit of a high flyer as well. I think she's really got a lot of potential to be the next great baby face on the on the on the women's roster. I think there are obviously we talked about it before, Will, and even on this show, loads of great female talents at the moment. But I think Candice would slot in quite nicely in that in that division against some of the sort of the, the real uber heels in the women's division. Oh, and on that very point, by the way, because it is worth raising this at the UK tournament coming up, they have just announced a couple more matches for it for next week. Tickets are still available. There's very limited tickets for the Monday. Tickets still available for the Tuesday. They've added on to the matches already there um, to decide who's going to face the NXT Women's Champion, which might be Shayna Baszler, it may not be, uh, on the Tuesday. Five. Oh, apparently it's turned, into, it's turned into a four-way since I looked at it earlier. Oh, it, honestly, it was a five-way when I looked at this earlier. An hour ago. I, I don't know what's changed here, but Isla Dawn, Ginny, Killer Kelly, Tony Storm, UK talent going off on the Monday to go and face the NXT Women's Champion on the Tuesday. That is absolutely fantastic. And maybe just... 
quietly confirms that the likes of Ginny and, and Tony Storm, who we had heard a rumour had signed a WWE contract, actually have done. Yes, indeed. And uh, very exciting. And as, as we say, it's worth looking, keeping an eye out for the UK talent because they will be making more and more appearances in some of the major promotions over the next few months. This is going to be the longest podcast we maybe ever do. <laughs> and considering we've got another one coming out in the week as well, we could have just done like a three-hour show. But I'm not sure people would want to listen. It would have been the dominion of the, uh, of, the, <laughs> of the pro wrestling show. Pro wrestling show. <laughs> this podcast, by the end of it, is going to go on longer than Okada Omega 4, and I apologise for that. Um, but yeah, so we got to sit down with them. I thought this was really fascinating, really enjoyed it. Uh, pinged across a lot of different topics, but mm. um, uh, yeah, this is, I, I really enjoyed this. And just a reminder, I'm just going to do it now, and you can just listen to the interview, and that'll be the end of the podcast. Uh, head to urbanspecies.co.uk, check out the WWE t-shirts because they are fantastic and you can get money off with the code marks 10 10% off courtesy of the lovely people here at the pro wrestle show and uh if you want to win a wrestlemania chair head to our twitter now at pro wrestle show and if you've enjoyed the show go to itunes give us a five-star rating because it all makes a big big difference we went up with the bret hart show this week we nearly doubled our weekly listenership with that show and i know that at the level we're at the moment but that's not phenomenal but that is big for us so those reviews really help they catch the eye more we get onto the front page so please do go and do it if you want to support us because we really love and appreciate all the great feedback we've had so thank you so much for listening here are johnny gargano and candice LeRae. hey folks i'm mark maron from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Delighted to welcome onto the show then. That is a little echoey, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll sort it out in post, I'm sure. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, both welcome back to the UK. Yeah. Candice more so being Canadian. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, you guys uh, have both wrestled, obviously, indie shows here in the UK before. Yep. I've seen you guys both at, at Progress shows before. Uh, what's it like coming back here as, as WWE, as NXT superstars? Uh, it's, it's always interesting because I think uh, the last time I was in the UK was for Progress. It was my uh, one and only Progress appearance. 
and uh, before that, I've done Southside. I've done uh, various places like that. And I think I, this is my this is probably my seventh or eighth trip to the UK. And uh, it's always amazing how passionate the fans are, how um, excited they are, and how different they are than American fans. Yeah. And that's it's, that, that's I think the cool thing that's, too. That is the cool thing. I think for me too, it's it's still weird whether it's for WWE or not. It's amazing to me to always come to a different country and be like, people know who I am. That's that's <laughs> it's weird. It's so confusing. <laughs> like you feel like you're in this weird dream, but not quite dream. Yeah. Like a pinch yourself, but it's it's very unreal. It's it's also going to be a weird crowd here because it's download it's a music festival so you've got i mean the number of hardcore wrestling fans in there was was actually slightly surprising i yeah. thought for the yeah. first show like knowing the chance knowing uh, yeah. who, who to put over yeah. who to not and yep, stuff yep, yep. but yeah i think you're also going to get that mix of i mean you guys know from doing festivals on the indies yeah. the kind of sure. people who are drunk and just there to, to watch <laughs> people beat each other up yeah. those are wild fans too those are the wild, fans. wild i mean uk fans. fans are wild in general but now i can't even imagine this is my first time being here at download uh, first time kind of being in a festival atmosphere here in the UK as well. Um, the UK fans are always very passionate, very hardcore. Uh, and, and they're the ones that kind of know know the deal. When they're coming to these shows, they know how to act and they know how to chant. So I can't imagine what just crazy UK people are going to be like. They have no idea what <laughs> I know, wrestling we just, is. We just got started two and I'm going, oh, man. <laughs> two people are just fighting. I'm just going to yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> just yell at these strangers. Yell at these strangers <laughs> in their like, underwear. I've never seen them before. <laughs> I've come here to watch Assing Alexandria and I'm going to just watch yeah, these two fun. men in their underwear fight each other. Honestly, wait for Sunday. Sunday afternoon when people are just getting through the last of their beer, trying to <laughs> just get it all in before having to leave on Monday. It's going to be madness. You guys are off to, to like Paris and, and yep. Germany mm-hmm. stuff after this. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, maybe on that last show on Monday, on Sunday, it just happened to pick up a little ankle knock, something like that. You know, there's a Disneyland in Paris, right? Oh, we, we know. <laughs> we, we know. Trust this me. This is in our plans. Yeah, it's in our plans. We, we got a flight specifically time. to uh, get us in early into Paris so we can yes. go to Disneyland. Uh, that We've would be our before. second time. Yes. That would be our second time at yep. Disneyland Paris. Um, Ratatouille ride. Next level. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really excited to go back. And yeah. uh, I've already already been looking up various... Uh, foods to eat in Disneyland Paris. He's obsessed with foods. Yeah. That's how I got him to become a Disney parks freak. Disney food, food blog. <laughs> I, 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 now this happened, this was like 10, 12 years ago, but I I got ill at Disneyland oh, no. Paris so when I. I was in Last school. Time I was well, there, I you were like food ill. No, you not just... food ill, but I mean like sick sick. But... I was food ill. Like they had to move the other people out of my room oh, really? Really Ill on a school oh, trip. No. So I'm just saying, enjoy it, but be a little careful. Last time right? I was, we were in Disneyland Paris, uh, I actually slept we shared a room we i slept in the bathtub because joey, joey ryan is a it snores very loud <laughs> <laughs> i woke up in the middle of the night and yeah. i couldn't find him and i was oh he's maybe in the bathroom or something i laid there a little bit waited a little longer but i went this is a really long time so yep. something's wrong like yep. he's either miserably sick or like something's wrong and i go in and the lights are off a very light and i'm sleeper. like why is what is happening i turn the lights off he's passed out in the tub yep completely the passed out in the tub and i was i felt so bad very like, light sleeper right? <laughs> to the point where like we're trying if to, i move yeah. in bed he's like she woke up at 1 30 a.m last night because we're trying to get accustomed to uk time yeah. now uh and the trick is that we flew in yesterday at like uh seven landed, in the morning seven in the morning and that we left at 6.30 p.m. So it was an eight-hour flight. Yeah, so and we didn't you, sleep very well. We didn't I didn't sleep, sleep well, and he didn't sleep so at all. So we get in at 7.30, and like everyone everyone else, we're like, oh, we're going to go 
to bed. You can't no, do that. you can't you do it. Stay up and you got to fight through it so you can like be fight on the UK pain. schedule. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, you killed it. You, you seem to have now. You seem both pretty awake for this time. I'm great because, now. Well, because we went to bed at seven thirty. <laughs> Yesterday was horrible. We went to bed I'm at seven thirty. Yeah, and then I yeah. Other than me waking up at one in the morning, yeah. and I tried to be very careful, like tiptoe. Sneak out of bed. No, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to maybe get something out of the fridge. And then the second he woke up, I was like, well, I'm going to turn the TV on then. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine now. He's up already. It, it, it's also a fascinating dynamic for you two being married, being in the same promotion now since you got signed, Candice. And yeah. I mean, I kind of wonder because uh, from knowing you guys in the indies, two of the, the best kind of proper white meat baby faces there are. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whoever wins in an argument between you two, because I imagine you're just putting each other over constantly. We're, we're very stubborn, to be we're fair, so as well. Stubborn. A lot of heart in us, in us fiery babies. A lot faces. of heart and a lot of fight. A lot of fight, a lot of hearts. That's the thing. You never, you never give up the fight. Yeah, fight, you don't. Fight baby face. You never give up the fight. So, like, she doesn't give up the fight. I don't give up the fight. And we just have to accept that that's just... We just got to take the yep. trash out together. <laughs> For you, Johnny, it's been an amazing year in particular. Two five-star matches. We were lucky enough... To, to be there at uh, NXT in New Orleans oh, and cool. up in the nosebleeds, you know, right up in there. <laughs> but, but there, but, but there. But I tell you what was amazing about it, and I'm going to put myself over here a little Please. bit, but you as well, so don't worry. <laughs> so I was sat down with Bret Hart on Monday. There we go. That was me uh -huh. doing the clang drop. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about psychology in matches, and he was saying that he felt like right now there's too much of high spots and not enough of really working proper psychology in matches. And I can tell you from being right up there and considering we'd had that ladder yeah, match yeah. earlier on what you guys managed to do in the story you told was was just incredible and i wonder what it was like for you putting that match together and kind of setting that all up i mean we've been extremely lucky i think in this day and age too like it's such a give it to me now uh sort of era where like you know we're, i'm watching a youtube video and it's like uh, a 15 second ad and i'm like no i'm gonna skip this i can't yeah. sit through 15 seconds just to get to this video you want things now we're impatient. and <laughs> to kind of make people wait for the first match, first match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, I think things ended up working out very well. And uh, being here in NXT uh, with the, the the grand stage of everything going on in WWE, the production team and things like that, they can put a video package together. Because I remember when I was little, like growing up, my favorite thing about pay-per-views and stuff like that were the video packages and the stories that were told in those video packages. And now it's always funny to me to kind of see the video packages now that I'm in and like hear the songs, I'm like, oh, that's the pay-per-view song. Like, I, oh, I hope they use that song for my match. That's a real thing. That is a real thing. He I, plays it in the car and tells me, man, I, they hope that they use this. I think. Pain, I really, really hope. I think "Painless" by Fozzy is the next uh, the takeover song. I was like, oh, I hope they use that song for my thing. Fozzy was also one of my first concerts to say that as well. No. One of our first concerts, not together. <laughs> not together. As children, ironically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but to wrap everything that whole question up. Uh, it's just, it's amazing just to be here in the product. It's a kind of a team effort, the stories that go into it, and uh, we've been very lucky with the position we're in, and uh, we're excited to see what hold, what the future holds. It's fascinating to me because um, we had um, Glenn from Progress on the show who does yeah. a lot of work with NXT, yeah. and he was telling me about the backstage in the build-up to that match, and he said, I've never experienced anything like it because it just went silent. Yeah. Just really <laughs> eerie, and I can't even... Like, how do you get yourself kind of psyched up in that situation? Uh, like... I, Especially with Tommaso's no music. Too. I know. <laughs> it was very I, that's it, by the way, like. which is an incredible gimmick. That's but it's always amazing. amazing to me when he comes out and there's no music, and I was just standing in Gorilla and like just hearing the crowd. That's that what like, I, I put a smile insane. on my face because like yeah. the energy and the kind of reaction he was getting, which is so many people hating him, yeah. and just the Johnny wrestling chance and things like that. Like 
I think I was the only one like with a smile on my face and grill. Like, yeah, this is. But it felt like a real fight was about to happen. I mean, it, it was, was there was so a big, cool. It was, it was a big so fight cool. atmosphere. I was like, oh my god! Like you don't get that very often anymore. Like you get no. excited for matches, but you don't get that big fight feel. Like, oh man, something big is about to go down right now, and that's how it felt. Yeah. Not just in the crowd, but also in Gorilla as well. I, for you, trying to then have to top that in a week's time. <laughs> like, there was, there was kind of part of me that, and it's funny you mentioned the Johnny Wrestling thing, I loved on the show this week that he, he said, oh, he signed a street fight contract, suddenly he's Johnny Badass. Yeah. And then everyone starts shouting <laughs> right? Johnny Badass. Right? I think that might stick, I've got <laughs> a feeling. I'm fine he wants it, it. I'm he wants it, like it. Like it. But like, to try and, it felt like that could be the, yep. the mountaintop of mm-hmm. that feud, and then to just take it up to the next level. How, what's the pressure like for next weekend? How have you managed to kind of I, I personally, I love the pressure. Uh, yeah. I've always loved the pressure. Uh, ever since uh, being main events on WrestleMania weekends on the Indies, where like uh, there's been 14 matches ahead of you that have gone absolutely crazy, and the crowd's seen everything, but you're going out there and you got to try to evoke a reaction out of them. Like I like that pressure, and uh, for people to be like, "Oh man, like their first match was 40 minutes, and it was this, and it was that, and it was crazy, and it was five stars." <laughs> like, great. Like, it's my job to go out there and top it. And, like, I, I wasn't going to hold back in the first one just to be like, okay, I'm going to hold back in this first one just so I can go out there and the second one will be better. No, that's not my goal. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to seal the show. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do what I do, and that's entertain the people and give my all. If I went out there and I felt like I'm going to hold back in this one because I know that there's going to be more coming because, you know, we'll just, we'll just escalate it every time. No, I'm going to go out there and give you it all just so I have to raise the bar myself and make the next one even crazier. And that's what I plan to do in Chicago. I, I heard you talking on, on Agent Christian's show when yep. you talked about the um, Almas match, which, again, incredible match, ridiculous year you're having. But you kind of saying at the time you had no realization about how special that was yep. and took you a couple of watches to realize what had happened. Was that a bit different with Champa because of I, I just I can't imagine how that couldn't have felt incredible in the moment. Like I've only watched the match once back. Uh, I watched the Almas match uh, back a couple more times. But like I said, I am not a fan of my own work. Uh, I've said that many times. I don't like any of my own matches, uh, and that's Look a blessing. Yeah, that's a people. blessing and a curse because it's. I'll you never want to be, get better. Yeah, you want to get better, but I'm never satisfied. Yeah. Like you can be like, oh, you, this one was a five star match. This one was a five star. That was amazing, and I'm I'm so pumped that everyone feels that way. But I myself will always feel like, ah, oh, that was that was fine. It's okay. I guess it was okay. I come in the back <laughs> and I'm like, literally, I think I see because she I see her all after the match all the time. I literally have to ask her like, was that fine? Was that okay? Like it seemed like no, liked no. It. I go, hey, how do you feel? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, no big deal. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here watching it going, oh yeah, I have to be the wife of this person. So, and then I have to, and I'm a wrestler, so I have to go out and I have to compete with him. Like, what? This is, it's, that, what? But it's like wife, <laughs> yeah. wrestler, but I imagine also wrestling fan as well. Of so course, getting of course. To see what I, I think I, when we started dating on the independence is when I started I don't know. I felt like I started getting better. I think he bettered me a lot because I was getting to watch his work ethic and I was getting to just watch. I mean, as the girlfriend or wife, now wife, I have to watch all of his matches because if he gets to the back and I didn't watch it, yeah. what kind of <laughs> wife am I? So I have to watch all of his matches. And in watching him, like, I mean, I was able to know kind of like, oh, he's going to do this right now and it and watch the crowd react to it. And every time I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Oh, of course he's doing that. Of course. And it's like frustrating because I'm going, man, he just, he gets it. 
I want to get it. So she gets it too. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, and it's, it's the. I don't think I get it. I think she gets it. So it's, it's, you know. it's the subtlety. It's the work that carries yeah. through the match. I mean, from that one, the knee brace was obviously the moment that really sold it. But I'm not. I don't want to in any way root against you next weekend. <laughs> there is a little bit of me as an absolute total mark that's like. Go one a piece. <laughs> Maybe, you know, rubber match, mania, survivor oh, series, oh, any no. of the big four. That's what I, I mean, just, you just if want, I'm fantasy booking, that's you where I'm going. You just wanted to keep going. We all really are. We all, we all are I? fantasy bookers. We all, I mean, we all are. We're like, oh, this could happen or this could happen. And, you know. He's I mean, just making a lot of really impromptu choices in his life right now. I, mean, I want to win. Just on the fly. I would like to win. No and, discussion. And for me, though, like, I mean, especially like, Story-wise, going into this match, like it's not about the win for me. Like he's taken everything away from me. He's tried to end my career. He tried to take my. He, he took my career. Right. He tried to take my health. He put me in the hospital. Uh, he tried to hurt my wife again. Like he made me take my wife. Like he, we've done so much here that like I have nothing left to lose. Um, and I've said, I think I tweeted it, and it's true. Like the match only ended in New Orleans because he tapped out. This one, I'm not going to give him that option. This one. I don't want him to tap out because the minute he taps out, the match is over. People are going to pull me away, and I can't touch him anymore. But if this match never ends, I can beat him up for a I very, mean, very long time. By the way, how many referees are backstage at an NXT event? Oh, I, I swear we only we see two or three in the ring. But really? We have a lot. <laughs> this week there were about 18 there. Yeah, we got a lot of guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about for you, Candice? Because obviously you've spoken about it pretty openly. Yeah. Signing with the WWE was your dream, and you've been all over the world wrestled in every indie promotion I can probably name and, and you're there I mean it's gotta it's be really bizarre I I feel like a broken record because I've said this a lot of times at this point but I still it's I can't believe it's real still I mean there's just times where I'm going into work and I'm going wow this is just what I get to do every day now and being here and not being here like independently is really a trip for me because I'm coming in and there's we're flying in with the NXT crew and I'm going this is it's I'm not I'm used to coming in by myself with my visa and my passport all by myself hoping that I recognize the person who's picking me up at the airport and we're getting in here and I'm going oh my gosh like we're all going through this together and we there's we have a bus now and it's it's so crazy how that all changes and it's just it's unreal still you've made that step obviously but right now in NXT there's there's space in the women's division. A lot of people got called up after Mania. Yeah. Do you, in your mind, have a kind of aim for this year? Do you know where you want to be? Say, when you come to download next year, if you're still with NXT, where do you want to be? I mean, I want to be at the top. <laughs> I, I want to be the champion. I, eventually, we want to have kids. So, you know, this clock's ticking here. So we got to get this show rolling, you know? She's going to win the NXT Women's Championship very soon. Very soon. We don't got time. Like Wait, she, it's not that soon. Soon. I mean, it's not that soon. I'm not that old. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but she even said, like, how it's yeah, Immediately. The fight started. I wanted to avoid it, and the fight has started. Yeah, happen, <laughs> immediately. I mean, she's talking about how it's unreal for her to be here, but I mean, yeah. like, I can just say, like, like she said, she watched my matches. I watched her matches all the time on the Indies, and, like, she's one of the, not, I'm not going to say women wrestler or man's wrestler. I'm going to say she's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And when she signed, like, I couldn't be prouder for her. Like, I know people, like, some people are like, oh, man, she's Johnny Gargano's wife. Like, no, she's Candice freaking LeRae. Mm -hmm. She's one of the best wrestlers in the she's world. A little battle. It's okay. One of the best wrestlers <laughs> in the world. And uh, I can't wait until she gets that chance to show the world who she really is because she's going to knock some people's socks off. I didn't want to raise the fact that you mentioned it was your first match, but obviously you missed your 11-minute 
cruiserweight classic. It's true. About, but that one really doesn't count. Though. <laughs> no. I, know, I thought it was pretty good. I was it. We're <laughs> epic battles wise in the in the, the former. But, uh, for you, Candice, I mean, for me, one of the big highlights of the Mayan Classic was was you and Shayna. So, I and I mean, I have a score to settle. I think Ooh. so. I just have been a little preoccupied with this one. Just do what he wants, whenever he wants. Yeah. So, when he stops making foolish choices, then maybe. I make very rash decisions. <laughs> my heart takes over. Talk my, to my me mind. at all. <laughs> um, it's interesting you mentioned one of the best women, one of the best men in the world as well, and, and obviously you were known in PWG and elsewhere for your intergender wrestling. Yeah. And it's been a kind of hot topic over here in the UK recently in the Indies. I know that. Uh, there was a big match. I don't know if you guys know Jimmy, Jimmy Havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so Jimmy Havoc and Ginny, who he trained, yep. they had a big match. He put her through a table. It went viral online and it got a lot of people yeah. questioning whether that was something that was acceptable and a lot of flow back and it started a big thing online. But I mean, from everything I've seen, it's, it's viable if it's booked in yes. the right way. Absolutely. I think the problem is that people are just looking at it from the outside. Like some person is just going on YouTube and they're seeing the video, they're not getting the full content, they're not getting the full story. A lot of us women that have done that or currently do it, it's our choice to be in that position. Nobody's forcing us in that position. We're not going in there thinking that this person's going to hurt us, we're competing with the men. We're not going against some person who's actively trying to hurt us. And so I think out of context, sometimes those things can seem very harsh, but like you said, under the right circumstances, you know, and you mentioned right circumstances. I mean, you look at WrestleMania this past year. Absolutely. Uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Uh, watching Triple H and Ronda Rousey kind of go at it. Yeah. It was amazing. It's great. <laughs> I, know, I was in the car like, oh, losing my mind. Great. This is nuts. It was awesome. It was my favorite thing. <laughs> my context, favorite thing. Context of the story and everything. And then, like, I mean, like she was saying, like, I think the right context. Yeah. Yeah, because we do have, they've obviously done the mixed tag mm-hmm. uh, tournament, and there is that element. and. Yeah, you can go back to the past and think of China holding Intercontinental. Absolutely. I was just but telling him the other day, I was like, the Intercontinental title is like my favorite title, then China won it, and then like, now that it's not so acceptable, I'm going, oh, okay, but then when Ronda Rousey's like punching Triple H, I'm like, I'm going to be Intercontinental Champion one day. <laughs> it's going to happen. We, we actually, we did something with Seth recently, and what I love about that belt, because it's the working title. I love that one. Is that it is... It, like it's so cracked and the leather's going and yeah. it's kind of coming away a bit and it feels like you know when you actually hold it and see it in person like that actually is the belt that's you know that's been cool. in the ring hit people it's I, I'm with you yeah. my, ti- my favorite that's title we're talking about favorite titles now my favorite title is actually the winged eagle title yes so Love beautiful I, every time every time I see they they like post the pictures of when the guys hold like the now era guys post like the old oh, era yeah. titles. Those Remember are cool. I see that picture, I'm like, oh man, I want to take a photo let's shoot. Let's get a throwback it. one with you holding that one and me holding the Intercontinental one. Sure, let's do it. Together. Is there any in the merch this weekend? <laughs> I don't think Mel- so. Mel- I don't think Mel- we download is probably a terrible <laughs> idea. Title, sorry. A download is probably a terrible, terrible idea. If we're talking fantasy booking as well, if, if you could go on a feud right now, if there's anyone on that NXT women's roster or even on the main roster Ooh. who you think, I'm here now, I want to work, who are you thinking? Well, I definitely want to wrestle Shayna again. Like, want to just go toe-to-toe with her hard. <laughs> um, who else? Oh, there's so many There's so many talented girls on the roster it right feels, now. It, does, it feels like a so real turning talented. point at the moment with, with Asuka and Ember and, yeah. and Bill and Payne all going up. But there was so much talent in that Mae Young Classic. But. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Can you imagine? I, and this, there's another one coming up soon. 
So was, I can't even was, imagine who else they're going to get It was cool to that. be like a fan during the Mae Young Classic because I got a chance to actually go in the crowd during her matches. And just the atmosphere and the electricity and full sail oh, yeah. for the Mae Young Classic. Like I, I felt like it was such a special night. Like I know it was two days, right, that it was yeah. two? Uh, and both days, like it was just full sail was on fire. And, the whole uh, time too. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. I, th- I think it is amazing when you go back just – doesn't have to be 10 years it's five years and yeah. see where women's wrestling was and then we just had mania and you mentioned ronda rousey and that whole triple h angle and then i think we did a piece outside asking people what was your favorite match and charlotte asker was i think the hands down winner oh, so yeah. women headlining mania yeah, absolutely, yeah, needs to go next. absolutely. i could see it 100 i will say now that uh my dear friend Stephanie Newell, Stephanie Newell is uh, clear. I really, really love to wrestle her again. So she's at Progress this weekend. Actually, I, can't, I know. Uh, still I'm throws so, me. So it's, that, it's that weird thing of it's great for you two because you both use your names. I always wonder this yeah. with wrestlers when you have someone like to me, Alistair Black is always Tommy yeah. End in yeah. the back yeah. of my mind, and like saying that on the radio and then having to kind of correct yourself. Oh but yeah, perfect for you guys. You yeah. guys can see. <laughs> I mean, you you, bring, you landed on your feet with your I name. Did, I, think right? it's fair to say. <laughs> I brought wrestling over and everything. <laughs> <laughs> How did the Johnny Wrestling thing actually come about? Uh, so there, it actually came from like a really just random one-off tweet, uh, where. I can't remember how many years ago this was. Like Johnny Manziel was actually still Johnny Manziel was actually still in college, and uh, he was uh, Johnny Football. And I was just watching one of his games, and I tweeted out, "If Johnny, if Johnny Manziel can be Johnny Football, can I be Johnny Wrestling?" And uh, the next weekend at my shows is in a random place like Buffalo, New York, or something like that. A couple people started chanting Johnny Wrestling. And then as the, m- the months went on, I did PWG, and yeah, the PWG crowd started chanting Johnny Wrestling. <laughs> and just, it started, just, it blew up from there. Wildfire. I mean, as a yeah. Cleveland guy, it's kind of devastating that it didn't work Tell out for him with the Browns. Tell if me you about it. Could have had Johnny Football, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Wrestling, same it. city. Yeah. Oh, it would have been great. But two of you, yeah. either side of LeBron, it would have been perfect. We're like polar opposites, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's completely, real great. completely different human beings. <laughs> Um, after, have you guys got any other plans while you're out here? Are you going to get a chance to, you know, absorb any of the music out there and meet some fans? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, it's a, we were kind of looking we at the schedule. We have bands playing that are yeah. like, like yeah. tonight, like Bull for My Valentine's playing, and uh, like a couple things. Like, uh, there's a couple bands that we want to like rise against, and uh, I like uh, in this moment. I think, so yeah, I I think everyone wants to like, stay for Guns and Roses. I think everyone yeah. on, the, on the NXT roster. Uh, but so like maybe we'll try to walk around and do a little bit of that while we're here. Yeah. Uh, obviously Disneyland Paris when we go over to Paris is something on our minds and uh, that's about it. Like it's so like it's such a quick visit get in some, and out. And, like, get some candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For after takeover. After takeover. That's the thing. That's what that's what's horrible now. Like I started. We had with a thing. I had a, a thing. thing. Every time I'd come to the UK, I because I would diet and then on my flight home. I would load up. I would load up on all like the UK candy or all the all the, the country's candy I went to, and like on my whole flight home, like the eight-hour flight, whatever, I just eat all the candy. And he would. Uh, eat. I mean, you can see UK candy is the best. <laughs> <laughs> right. He would literally eat all the candy. all the candy. But now with takeover, like uh, two weeks away, I gotta have abs, so I can't eat all the candy. So yeah, we were at the store, and I was just looking, and he was like, "No, I can't do it. Why can't I look?" And then I was like, well, I, I can't get that at home, so maybe I could just buy one now. Yeah. We can eat it later. He's like, no, we have yeah. to go. Are you a big Cleveland sports guy? I am. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am. I guess. I mean, <laughs> the, Unfortunately. In, I mean, we're in the NBA Finals, and we've been in the NBA Finals the past couple of years, so like that's been great, and the Indians have been great. Unfortunately, my, of course, my favorite football team is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I've never met any people 
more dedicated to all the sports teams yeah. in their town than Cleveland. Oh my gosh, I mean, Cleveland people are die-hard yeah. Clevelanders. So I, I host our NFL coverage here as well. So oh really? We like football and, and we do all the Jags games as well. And uh, firstly, love Baker Mayfield. Right? He is my guy. <laughs> right? No, like, no, 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 I'm so pumped. Because Baker Mayfield, there you go. <laughs> I was so pumped when we drafted Baker. He uh, was. So pumped. We were in Disneyland in California. We were at Disneyland, California. And we had Left to leave Disneyland. Early. I'm a big draft guy because I'm, I'm yeah, a yeah. Cleveland guy. But so we. I made, him, I made him. So you've this, got to leave early yeah. because you're so a Cleveland we, guy. It was okay. I made him this huge like Did draft, you a huge board, draft board. That I, which was a pain because I yeah. know nothing. And yeah. I'm going, I don't know how to do this. And I had to call my brother and like hide it in my luggage so he didn't even see it yeah. until the day of and like but yeah, I mean, it was a big deal for she him did too. I, love, I love the NFL draft and Baker Mayfield all day I was on my phone at Disneyland like oh it looks like we're gonna get like he's like Baker when he won the Heisman even before that like I think I have a tweet saved in my draft that said Baker Mayfield you're oh, gonna right. love Cleveland because Baker was always my guy I think I also uh I said this because my Baker Mayfield jersey shirt actually just arrived in my, in my home in Orlando. Uh, but love that. Of course it did. Yeah, of course. Uh, because Baker is kind of like, maybe I have a soft spot for like like shorter he sized likes, yeah. underdogs <laughs> because like I'm like, look, I'm going to sympathize with that. I'm going to sport. With the, the star, <laughs> right? I'm in a sport too where I was told I was too small and I'd never amount to anything and Baker Mayfield, like, of course, is a walk-on two times, and he, he's shown the world that, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how big you are, and he's got a big heart, and he just got a fiery spirit. So I was like, that's my effing guy, and then he likes him. He kind of likes a little controversy, but, like, the Baker Mayfield kind of controversy. Like, not the, as the much. cocky confidence. Yeah, 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 he likes that. Closer to that than the Johnny Manziel <laughs> Yeah, not, it, yeah. like, he liked the Johnny Manziel stuff until it got to a certain yeah. point, and then he was out. <laughs> I was like, no. He's like, I'm done with this. The cocky but confidence that Baker Mayfield has, that. and, like, the... the, the he, he, he finds it very... He's got that it factor, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, it's the UK tournament coming up in uh, in a week and a half time. Yeah. We've just had the announcement of Johnny Saint. As yeah. UK GM. yeah. Have you, did you guys get to work with him when he was over at Full Sail at those six to. months? I did. I did. Uh, I, I made sure to get in the ring with him a few times. And even like at his age, he still goes very, very hard, which is amazing to see. <laughs> and uh, if you, I mean, I know, I know for a long time on my Wikipedia, it actually said my three inspirations were Shawn Michaels, number one, Chris Jericho, number two, Johnny Saint, number three. Uh, Johnny Saint was a guy when I started training actually uh, my trainer gave me a compilation disc, compilation disc of Johnny Saint and uh, he was like I just watched this I can't figure any of it out like go home study this and learn everything on this disc so I went and I'd be like mom come here grab my arm and I'd try to do like a Johnny Saint like sort of fancy mom. reversal out of it mom. and I, I studied that tape so many times just because like everything Johnny did like he's such a magician and he's so like it was so different and just so before it's time. And uh, yeah, like I got to work with him a little bit and I was so pumped about it because he's, he's one of a kind. It's so funny, that lineage, because you often get kind of Daniel Bryan comparisons because of your size, etc. Yep. Daniel Bryan is the biggest Johnny Saint fan I've ever yeah. met in my life. So <laughs> yeah, it all kind of comes together beautifully. Look, guys, I really, really appreciate your time. Enjoy download. Enjoy Thank this. You. And uh, good luck for next weekend. And Candice, good luck for next weekend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.